Hey, Sherry. Hi, Melissa. Good to see you this morning again, bright and early. Yes, we have bright and early today. We did it, though. We're here. We're here. It's good to see your face. Yay. Yay. Another podcast. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here it goes. Yeah. You ready? I don't know. Here it goes. I know. Are we getting better at this? I'm not sure. I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to say a little bit about what's um, going on? And yeah, I guess we're checking in. We'll check in. Check in. I am. I know that I've talked about my arm being numb and my hand being numb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that little journey that I've been on. And just recently, just this past week, I got the diagnosis or I got the confirmation that I'm in what's called a relapse. The type of MS I have is called relapsing remitting MS, RRMS. Yeah. Um, so MS causes demyelination. So you get lesions and they can be on your brain and anywhere on the spinal cord. It usually doesn't affect the lower part of the back, but it can affect the neck and the mid part of the back. And so I have active demyelination going on in my neck. So I have, I do have old lesions in my neck, but I now have a new one that is currently, they call it active demyelination. So um, that's where the new symptom and, and it explains my neurologist was like, it a hundred percent explains exactly my symptoms. Yeah. She's oh. like, that lesion is in the exact spot that would go do that. The, yeah. The weak, the numbness and weakness and stuff in the, in oh, the arm gosh. on the right side. Does it, does it cause pain too? Or just, um, yeah, it's not pain. It's just, it's extreme discomfort, extremely uncomfortable mm-hmm. to have the constant feeling. I describe it as ants crawling under my skin. Oh, geez. Or, yeah. you know, like, like it's the, that constant tingling. Um, like it just won't wake up from being right, asleep. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that feeling. So yeah. it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Or it's uncomfortable, you know, so we're going to, I can't do steroids anymore because I've done steroids for 30 years or whatever. And my body, I can't, I react. They're so intense. They're very intense. They affect me uh, psychologically. They affect my, I get kind of like a psychosis. Um, yeah. Very bizarre. Yeah. And so my body is like, no, uh, right. <laughs> we're not doing that, but that is the first line of defense. Again, that's the main thing that they do. Yeah. For demyelination. Okay. And I've had a bad, I've had a bad allergic reaction to, mm. it's called a solumedrol and I got covered in hives. And, it, and that's, it the, that's not a steroid, that's something else. Yeah, that's a steroid. That's an infusing, oh, it it's a type of steroid that they, like you go and you sit and get infused with it for like four days in a row. I can't remember exactly, mm. but, but I, re, I got a really bad uh, hives everywhere all over my body. And oh they, my last, they lasted for so long because it takes so long to get out of your system, you know? Uh, but anyway, all right. You know, so you're not I'm not do doing that. that. And so it's kind of hard because in that world, you're like, well, you need to do that. <laughs> we're going yeah. back to the, we're going back to the non-compliant. I'm being non-compliant right, right now. Right. Being, yeah. It's just a decision. It's a personal decision that I'm making, you know, it's just my own personal decision. Well, it has decision. to be. Yeah, as you know. Yeah. So then what do they do if they don't do the steroids? So now I'm going to have plasmapheresis, which I've never had done before. Um, so, hey, I get to do something new. Oh, wow. But that has something to do with 
replacing your blood, like your blood comes out of you and goes through a machine. And I think that it gets replaced with healthy plasma. Like they Oh, interesting. Mice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's... Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll that see. sounds like, also sounds like a big deal. Yeah, I think maybe it is. I have to have like a port put in and then I go every other day for two weeks and they um, do it. So I'll have more information about that later after I go through it. Yeah. And then also I have to have IVIG infusion, which is um, intravenous immunoglobin. And it's, again, they're like introducing healthy immunoglobulin. (laughs) Goblins. Mm -hmm. I'm going with goblins. I like immunoglobins. (laughs) Yeah, goblins. Yeah. Yeah, they introduce healthy goblins into my body, I guess. (laughs) Healthy goblins. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and um and I do that for like five days. I've had that before in the past. So how was that before? Um, that one was an interesting experience because I woke up afterwards the next day after the first infusion. No, no, no. It was after I think I can't remember. Things are kind of blurry to me, but I think I did like four days in a row of this. Mm-hmm. And um I woke up and my legs wouldn't work. I went to oh, get geez. out of bed. I went to get out of bed and I fell down and my legs didn't work. <laughs> oh my and God. The uh-uh. They didn't warn you about that side effect. Oh. I had no idea. And so I was in a panic and so scary. I, yeah. I called, of course I, you know, called the office and um, she was like, oh, they didn't tell you that was a side effect. <laughs> Would have been good to know. Yeah. Like for safety, even if you right? try to try to get up, you might not be able to. I mean, and also like if I knew that, I panicked. I remember right, the time yeah. I was in an absolute panic. Like, yeah. what is happening to me? Right. If they like part of your body just completely stops working all of a sudden, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. course. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute. So but my the doctor that I work with now, she's super awesome. And oh, yeah. she listens. It's like you when you found your audiologist, right? It's like, <sighs> I, lo- I love you. Thank you. Because they listen. They change your life. Yes, they change your life. And so she is listening to me. Yeah. And she works with children a lot. She's a pediatric, but she also sees adults. But um, she's like, oh, I'm going to treat you like one of my kids. And I'm going to administer it to you like I do my kids. And which I like, like gently. Right. So very, very, very slowly, Slowly. over, over, I think like eight hours a day, five days. That's a long time. (laughs) That's Yeah. That's less jarring for your system. Right. It's super, super slow. And, and I'm grateful for that because my body is, it needs that. It freaks out on any kind of anything. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so sorry. My world. Oh, thank you. But I, I've processed it now and I'm okay with it. So that's a big um, deal. Yeah. It took me a minute. (laughs) Yeah. And when do you start the plasma? Right now it's all going through insurance. Okay. So it's whenever that happens. Right. (laughs) It's like when, as soon as my insurance actually approves these things, Uh, then it'll get going. So who knows how long, but um, I'm okay. It's it's okay. And I'm going to do hypnotherapy with my psychologist Um, and I've been working with her for several years. I love her to death. And she works with me where you do the, like the mind body thing where I'll, I'll, I've done it with her before where you kind of go inside of your body and you picture the 
the area that's being, uh-huh. you know, and uh, so I'm going to do that. And I know that's really, it's helped me in the past with different things. So I'm, I know that it'll help me. I just, it's my first time doing it over a screen. Oh, <laughs> uh, not in person. Yeah, but that'll be okay. Yeah, I'll give it a used shot. To the screen a little bit more. Yeah, it's just, it feels artificial a little bit, but because we yeah. do what we're, because we, I think because I've been talking to you for a couple of years like this, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm better. And I've almost, I almost have you convinced that I'm real. I know. And I'm just, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> talking about that when we were talking about dreams last time. Uh-huh. So I've yeah. been doing the thing. Yeah. Yeah. The thing where I, that made me, the, when you talked about hypnosis, that made me think about it too, like hip being hypnotized and going into the part of the body that needs something. Yeah, right? it works. That feels like a similar process to dream work. Oh, it is. Because I mean, I've done this, this hypnotherapy for you're, I mean, you're fully aware of what's going on, but it feels a little dreamlike. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what with I've been walking around or thinking I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Thinking, oh, I'm going to have a lucid dream. All of a sudden, I haven't had one single dream. And oh, I no, had your dreams ran away. No, I ha- <laughs> I'm still dreaming. But in uh-huh. my dreams, I'm not having the thing happen. So That's really interesting. Well, I guess that was <laughs> if you didn't want that dream anymore. Yeah, it was like in my dream, I'm not being stuck and not being able to get ready and go and do things in That's my dream. so weird. And so now in my dreams, I've been going and doing things. <laughs> Well, yeah, because the re- what we were talking about, we were talking about you having that re- dream over and over where your car would come up against the edge of where it can go. And then it would either be a drop off or a wall that you couldn't proceed further. Mm-hmm. And that's why we talked about, I've had that happen before, having like recurring, recurring bad dreams and practice lucid dreaming where I was like, this is a dream. And then I like busted out of there. And I was like, I don't know, maybe that'll work. So now you just haven't, you haven't been stuck anymore. I guess not. We'll see what happens if I have, you know, I try to pay attention, but um, That's we'll so see. weird. I know it is weird. I also feel like for me, I don't know if this is true for you, but with recurring dreams or a feeling that's there all the time, like that's bothering me or a thought that's there all the time that's bothering me or anything like that, just saying it out loud to somebody changes it. That's what I was thinking. I, I was like, I wonder if because I told Melissa out loud yeah. about the dream, if suddenly, because I'm not sure if I've told anybody, I don't think I've said it out loud. If you haven't said it out loud. And our topic today was going to be about loneliness. So that yeah. might be relevant somehow too. Like when we have, Maybe. for oh, me, yeah. like if, if I'm holding on to something that's upsetting to me and I'm not talking to anybody about it, then it can kind of turn darker than it, than it is if I share it somehow. I don't really know how to say that. Well, like no, it just that makes sense. hangs out in the back of my mind and it doesn't get enough air or something. Oh, I like that. <laughs> so it that's starts good. getting more run <laughs> or whatever happens if something doesn't get air. <laughs> what happens to it? I don't know. I don't know either. I it that up. Or maybe it gets mad. I don't it's, know. And it gets mad too. Yeah, it's mad. That's what it is. <laughs> it's like you're not listening. Because you're, yes. Oh, that's it. That's So that's good with our loneliness topic. Because yeah. I wanted you to talk about, because during the quarantine, mm-hmm. you were really isolated. Yeah. And that wasn't necessarily relevant to my sensory loss, but... 
it was just relevant to COVID, which probably pretty common experience because I didn't have anybody. Well, I had one person in my pod, which I'm very grateful for because I live by myself. And to have one person, of course, a night and day difference from having no people oh, I to can't. see in person. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people were on their own and didn't have a pod too. And so, yeah, I had this experience of there. Usually I would see somebody, I usually would see my, my pod person yeah, um, once a week or something like that. And there is a period here in Oregon where there was an ice storm one week. And then there was another weekend when there was some reason I don't remember that like, I couldn't get out or, and so I didn't see anyone in person. I didn't see anybody for three weeks at all. Yeah, um, I saw people on the screen. Yeah. I didn't see anybody in person for three mm-hmm. weeks. And by the end of the three weeks, I was just like, <laughs> what is this feeling? It feels like something, something's not right in, in my body. It's like, but it's like totally emotional. It's just like, there's an, there's, there's some like deep pain in my soul. Hmm. Like, <laughs> I like don't quite, yeah. don't quite know what this is. And then somehow I figured out maybe when I finally saw my pod person, it was like, oh my God, I was so so lonely. <laughs> That's what loneliness feels like. It feels so bad after like the longer you go, like, oh, this feels so bad. That's, I mean, I think I, I kind of think of it as, I don't know, you met loneliness. <laughs> yeah, we got acquainted. You got, I mean, it sounds like this might not sound like a nice, good thing to say, but it's almost like a privilege. <laughs> to get to meet loneliness, mm-hmm. like an honor. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's to me, it's a a growth in it's a step or it's a um, rite of passage or whatever. To oh, a, I love that to a higher consciousness. I can't say that word today. Or you know, um, the evolution of the soul, or, or I don't know however you want to say it, but it's you know, meeting loneliness and going through it. Yeah, is I know that it's hard, but if you can respect it and go ahead and feel it, you can move through it, you know? Well, you sound like you definitely know a little something about what you're talking about. Do you remember the first time that you quote unquote met loneliness or that you were aware of it? Like, that? Yeah, it was when I got really sick. Yeah. You know, there's people around, but they're not connecting. Yeah. And you're just, you can't, I mean, nobody can understand the experience that you're going through. And, you know, what what do you do? I mean, you're so sick that you can't communicate really. You can't do anything. I mean, you're just, like you say, it's just, it's just such a painful, painful thing. So when you were that sick and even with all the physical pain and uh, physical things that you were experiencing that were keeping you from going about your, the things that you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. you still could feel the pain of loneliness on top of that. Yeah, that was almost, I think that was probably the worst pain of all. Just like, oh you, were, God. Just like you were just talking about, right? You're like, what is this? It feels horrible. It feels so bad, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, you're like, oh my God. And and yeah, it's bad. It's interesting because I was linking it in my mind to, well, I didn't see anybody in person. Mm-hmm. And now that you're talking about it, it's probably not. I mean, that sure, I'm sure that's something to do with it, but I don't think that's it. I don't think it's really about not having a physical body there. No, I probably not. But you had the, I guess to me, 
it was like a catalyst for you to experience that because it was time for you to experience that. It was a catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. In your evolution of you as a, you know, who you are, it was time for you to experience it because it's a part of the shedding of the cocoon that we have around us, you know, like Mm -hmm. the loneliness is just, uh, that's what I, I noticed because I talked about when I was really sick that I felt like I was inside of a cocoon yeah, and like a healing was happening inside this cocoon, but it's also, it, it all relates to the whole thing of the pe- leaving the pieces on the ground. It's, yeah. I guess what I'm talking about when I say that is kind of you're leaving the pieces of the cocoon on the ground. And mm. that's, that's so lonely mm-hmm. because everybody around you is still safely inside their cocoons. <laughs> mm. and you're the one coming out going, oh, shit, I went. Where's my cocoon? <laughs> what is the cocoon in the metaphor? I don't even know. What is it? It's like, I guess it's the walls. Like, like the, know. oh yeah. Like, you know, Tara Brock. Mm, I don't, I've heard that name. She's a meditation teacher. She talks about the space suit. Oh, I wonder okay. if that's similar to the cocoon. Like the, sp- the space suit of kind of seeing things a certain way through ego. Mm-hmm. And that causes disconnection. And then, yeah, so like leaving it on the ground and just coming out and being like, there's so much more. There's something, life is so much vaster than that, or there's so much more here than that, uh, but I can't explain it. And I, mm-hmm. yeah, and everybody else is walking around with, with their cocoon. I wonder if that's the same as the spacesuit. I think so. It's probably just everybody uses their different own. words. Yeah. I've always thought of it as cocoon butterfly kind of thing, but I've also think of it as an egg, like a baby, mm-hmm. baby bird coming out of an egg. Cause that's yeah. what I felt. I felt like I was like, I've always felt, I felt like that, you know, I picture the little chicken when it first comes out of the egg and it's all wet mm-hmm. and it's fur, it's all wet and it's shaking. Mm-hmm. You know, so and, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I'm like that baby bird right now. I can't, I am just yeah. like, like a newborn baby bird or something. But it's so vulnerable too. And that's how I felt. I yeah. felt so, and the, the loneliness, I'm telling you, because yeah. I can't explain it to people. I can't relate. I was having difficulty relating to humans or people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a very lonely place. And I still experience lonely. I mean, I think that there's many layers of loneliness, you know, but for me, because I'm such an introvert and, and I've had been such an introvert my whole life, I didn't know what loneliness was. Right. So you like alone time. Yep. And so when people would say they were lonely, I'd be like, what are you talking about? I mean, I honestly had no idea what it was. I'd never yeah. experienced it because I was happy to be alone. Yeah. And that's just the good spot right here, me being alone. So I don't have a problem with that. So I would, I wasn't empathetic really to loneliness to people, but I'm like, what's your problem? What's wrong? What's your deal? <laughs> what's lonely? I mean, why are you lonely? I mean, there's yeah. so much stuff to do. What is, what yeah. are you lonely about? Just do this stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, um, but then I experienced it. I think like you're talking, it's a whole nother level of loneliness. It's yeah. Just, it's, an, it's like a soul. I don't know what it is. It's yeah. Like, the soul loneliness. Yeah. And maybe the soul waking up or maybe the soul or my soul or like we're, it's a part of awakening. It's a part of the awakening process and, and learning to be, oh, 
this is popping into my head. Keep yeah. It's learning to be okay with its emptiness, right? So we're mm-hmm. always taught you got to fill the emptiness, fill, fill the void, fill the emptiness. Yeah. So I guess it's coming to terms with emptiness and realizing, yeah. oh, I think I, there's safety in the emptiness mm-hmm. that you've always tried. And then you come out, it's like, oh, I don't need to fill that anymore. So yeah. And you can feel it in a healthy way almost after you go through that. You can feel it and let it lead you like, oh yeah, it would be, it would be good to connect with somebody. Right. And, but it's not out of a neediness kind of place. Yeah. You're connecting on a different level. Right. So I think it had, does have to do with growing soul growth because. I hadn't thought about it that way, but and I remember when during that period of time, you and I talked and I was speaking of going, going to strangers, whatever length to fill the loneliness. I told you that I was sleeping. I was sleeping with my phone on the pillow next to me (laughs) (laughs) because it made me feel like somebody was there. (laughs) So I just love that. It's just precious to me. I mean, honestly, it's just precious, right? That you're soothing yourself and in whatever way it feels best. There's people go through this phone all the time. They're right there. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I yeah. I love it. But for me, I, that feeling was completely unfamiliar. Like I, like I was like, I have no idea what's happening right now. <laughs> Cause you're an introvert too, right? I mean, I'm pretty introverted. I'm a little bit more on the line with extroverted. I've getting, gotten more introverted over time. And some of that is with hearing loss. It's just much more pleasant for me to spend time with one person or I can see their face and a group of people I get it's too hard after a while. Like I can't tell who's saying what and I need to lie down. <laughs> and it's exhaust your brain gets I'm tired. tired. I can't. Exhausting. Yeah. But I think also one thing I just realized maybe even this week somehow, I don't know how, is that part of the reason why I wouldn't recognize loneliness is because it was so immediately attached to shame. Like, so I would probably feel lonely for a split second and then it, it would be like, I'm alone because there's something wrong, except there's something wrong with me that I'm. Yeah. And so I never even felt lonely. Like I would just feel like I'd go immediately to just doubting myself and going through my whole day and be like, what did I do wrong today? I wonder if that's the same reason, like you're saying, of why I never knew what loneliness was because I was avoiding it. Perfectionism. It is because what are we taught? Like if you're alone, you're, you know, you don't, you don't have any friends. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to, we're supposed to have friends. You know, we're uh-huh. supposed to have like there's something wrong with you if you're alone. You're right. You're not supposed to be. Or at least if you're alone, it's supposed to be because you've decided not to hang out with people right then. Yeah. Right. But because you have options. Oh, right there's then. so much shame attached so much, to it. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, there is. Yeah. And, and it's think- not true. It's not true. It's not true. Yeah. And so then getting to the other side of that and be like, oh, wait a minute. Those are two different feelings in there. <laughs> um, and I, I was just thinking about that with things around sensory loss and chronic illness, because I have had that feeling of like lonely shame. Oh, there should be a word for that. That's a loneliness or <laughs> lonely <laughs> shame. Okay. We got this lonely shame. What can Shoneliness. Be? Yeah. Shoneliness. Shame. <laughs> Shameliness. That, Shameliness. Shameliness. Um, oh, that could be the title of this one, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. We'll work Shameliness. On it, but... <laughs> Let's make up a word. I love it. Make up words. Mm-hmm. 
but I've had that feeling in situations with a group of people when I just couldn't hear them. Yes. They feel shamely then. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you wonder, it's like, why am I feeling shame about this or shame? Right. But it's right. You're, it's, it's a mixture. It's the same thing for me with my vision. So I have a hundred percent avoid groups of people, like you're saying, because I can't yes. see faces and uh-huh. it freaks me out that somebody, you know, I would go to social events, you know, or charity events, whatever. Yeah. And I think somebody might be waving at me or somebody might be saying yeah. that I know that right. I, that I know, but I can't see them. So I have yeah. no idea. And it's just that, you know, it's just like, we're taught, I don't know. It's about, it's polite. <laughs> it's not, yeah. polite. I'm not being polite or I'm being like a bitch. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah. I, what's wrong with her? So they're going to think I'm a bad person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or rude, I guess. So yeah. Rude. rude a rude person. Things. Yeah. And so it's like, I'm going to just go to avoid that. Cause just like you, if I'm in a one-on-one situation, mm-hmm. I can even though I most of the time can't see people's faces, but just like you say on the screen, I can actually see your face better than I would be able to in person. You can make me, you can make it bigger. Right? Yes. You can, yeah. yeah, you can get closer without yeah. <laughs> like standing on, on top of somebody in person. Right. It different. <laughs> I'd have to get really close to your face. Yeah. Magnification. There's just a different feeling about it when you do the things like that in person than when you do them on the screen. <laughs> Right, you get really close to somebody's face. I know. I always want to get really close to somebody's mouth. So you mouth. can see their mouth moving, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which moving. on the screen they don't know that I'm making them big. <laughs> right. You, I, yeah. Right. I don't know that my face is ginormous. <laughs> yeah. No, it's actually regular size. Is it? Okay. <laughs> but yours yeah. is ginormous on my. Okay. okay. <laughs> Noted. Noted. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I, and it is a very lonely feeling to be like, everybody's socializing, everybody's doing all their thing. Mm-hmm. And you're like standing there going, I'm not a hundred percent sure. And it even probably goes with the chronic illness and the brain fatigue. So like, as you're trying to yeah. process all the sound and what everybody's saying, your brain is slowly getting fatigued. And then mm-hmm. the same thing happens to me with me. I'm trying to see what's happening around me and see what's yeah. going on. My brain is getting more and more fatigued. And then as your brain gets fatigued, then yeah. you feel, I don't feel confident speaking because yeah. I don't know that my brain and my mouth are going to What am I going to say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's so uncomfortable. It's yeah. just, and I guess the shameliness, what is it? Shamely, shameliness? Shamely, shamely, shamely. Shameliness. Shameliness. Yeah. Shameliness is the thing that's happening because you're feeling lonely and you're feeling shame or right embarrassment or yeah, everybody is doing things some this way and I'm not. It's yeah. making them all feel connected. It's or at least this is the thought. They all right. they're all connected and I'm not. Yes. And there's something I'm doing wrong. Or if it's about what our body's doing for me, then it's like I am something wrong. And, and then we internalize it. Yeah. And take on that identity somehow. But if if it was just lonely and not shamely, I feel like it's so different. That's so different. It is. It's so different. And I feel like when I, if I stay in there and I move through loneliness, the shame goes away because um, the truth is revealed. And the truth is that being alone, there's nothing, 
it's not a bad thing. We've just yeah. been told it's a bad thing, but yeah. in, rea- in reality, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just another part of the process of being a human mm-hmm. evolving. Yeah. When was the last time you felt loneliness? Um, I still feel it. I feel it when, for me, it, it, it pops up the more, um, but even just now going through having this relapse, going through yeah. like having my arm numb and all that stuff. It's like, I can't, nobody understands. And then also just, just navigating the world visually impaired with, with sight loss, probably the same as you with, you know, your hearing loss. It's just kind of lonely because you can't see it. You look perfectly, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mm-hmm. know that you are have hearing loss to right. be around you, you know? Yeah. I talk to you and you're so adept at, or whatever the word is at, you know, like you say, reading lips and you're you're practiced at it. Yeah. Putting the pieces together. And I'm very practiced at looking like I not visually impaired, (laughs) you know I Uh mean? Yeah. You can't tell. I mean, I guess contact and yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I suppose maybe people can notice that what my one eye is not real (laughs) every so often, but but it is, it's just, I don't know. I, I do experience only, but it's not that painful. I don't, it's not that initial pain that I experienced when I first started coming up and out of mm-hmm. the illness. Mm-hmm. I mean, the severe, that I had to move through. Like, you know, you know, I had to move through mm-hmm. that loneliness. I had to move through that loneliness and be okay with emptiness. Yeah, because there and was no other option then. no. Yeah, as if I didn't move through it, I would be stay in that pain. You'd still be in that same pain now, right? I really believe that I would. I might might not have came up and out. I mean, just I'm just now putting these things together. I don't yeah. know. I'm thinking, oh, that's part of when I said when I thought, oh, I stopped fighting and making friends with pain and stuff like that. So I guess it's what I'm talking about is yeah, just being okay with what's happening, what what is, what's mm-hmm. happening right now. Mm-hmm. And not what if, you know, it's more what is and not what if and and just becoming uh, okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that loneliness is like uh, initiation. Right. It's like it's when you have passage. this mm-hmm. rite of passage, when you have this something that puts you in a position of intense loneliness, mm-hmm. that it's possible to see that as, oh, I've. I've gotten far enough to earn this. Yes, <laughs> like I've yes. gotten far enough in my in my spiritual journey or whatever you, yes. you want to think about it. Maturity. That's what that, I think of. That's how I think about it. Yep. That I've earned this. I've earned this. What do you call it? This challenge or this yeah. obstacle or this mission? Mission. I, that's a good. I, I like that. I or that just, it it's, you're kind of taking a bit of a leap of faith when you allow yourself to feel that you know, to actually really feel it. And, uh, and then once you really feel it and you're like, Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not, it's like in your dream talking about your dream. It's not the big, scary monster that you thought it was. Totally. It's just a fuzzy seal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that can fly. Yeah. Ooh, it can fly. That's nice. uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a fuzzy flying seal. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I guess that's what our take on loneliness, huh? Yeah. I'm thinking about, is there poems by O'Donohue, John O'Donohue on loneliness? Oh, really? 
you know, John O'Donoghue? I don't know, but I'm writing it down. <laughs> he has a podcast episode. No way. Of, or about, it's all about this type of spiritual loneliness and it's so beautiful. Okay. I need to, I need to connect with this John. John O'Donoghue. Okay. Shall I read a poem about loneliness? Yes, please. Okay, this is called For Loneliness by John O'Donoghue. When the light lessens, causing colors to lose their courage and your eyes fix on the empty distance that can open on either side of the surest line to make all that is familiar and near seem suddenly foreign. When the music of talk breaks apart into noise and you hear your heart louden while the voices around you slow down to leaden echoes turning silence into something stony and cold. When the old ghosts come back to feed on everywhere you felt sure, do not strengthen their hunger by choosing fear. Rather, decide to call on your heart that it may grow clear and free to welcome home your emptiness, that it may cleanse you like the clearest air you could ever breathe. Allow your loneliness time to dissolve the shell of dross that had closed around you. Choose in this severe silence to hear the one true voice your rushed life fears. Cradle yourself like a child learning to trust what emerges so that gradually you may come to know that deep in the black hole, you will find the blue flower that holds the mystical light, which will illuminate in you the glimmer of springtime. Oh, that's beautiful. I want to hug that person. I want to hug John McDonahue. What is it? John, John O'Donohue. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yes. I just love it when people can put into words what I like what mm-hmm. I've been through or I've been feeling. I'm not good at that, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. He talks about the getting face to face with emptiness. It's sort of the same exact thing that you were just saying. Yeah, right? that's weird, but that makes me feel less lonely. <laughs> Totally. Because, because there's another, I mean, that's like, oh, thank you for putting that into words. Such, such beautiful words Yeah. Um, of what it, what it is. Somebody else who's outside of their cocoon. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Somebody else. They're out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I come out of my cocoon like for a few seconds, once, a, once every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Once like, every two weeks. Okay. Your Sherry is out of her cocoon. So maybe I'll come out for a second. Okay. I go like, back in. Go back in. <laughs> I like you joining me out here out in the cocoonless. But you know, it's layers. It's not like bam, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it, it, right? It's layers. It's 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 a process. And it's I think. Maybe we'll talk about this next time. Respecting the process. Ooh, that's a good topic. Yeah. That kind of really changed my life too. It's learning how to respect the process. So that would be a good thing to get into, huh? Yeah, we've talked about that before. So you have yeah. the, the cocoon, we're in the cocoon or we're in the shell. And then we started talking about what happens if you try to like force yeah. a chick out of a shell. And that's not something anybody wants to do. No, it's so violent. So clearly violent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we can get into this. We'll get into this. Yeah. Yeah. I always love talking to you about these things because I'm so glad you come out of your cocoon every two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) 
I think there's at least a few moments when we're talking that I come out of my cocoon. Oh yeah. It's great. I love it. Yeah. I'm so appreciative of it. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's that it feels like a a little place of refuge. Right. In a world of people walking around in spacesuits everywhere. (laughs) Which makes me uh, think about, so you have your dog Stella behind you. Mm -hmm. And I remember when you first adopted Stella and she was like, so scared of everything. Oh gosh. She's on this like big fluffy chair behind you and totally sprawled out like in heaven. (laughs) It's like on a cloud. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know she was a street dog. So I guess they're considered the world is feral, F-E-R-A-L, I think, which means they've never lived inside or with humans. So she was scared, the poor thing. She had no idea. Like the ceiling freaked her out, just the ceiling. It's not supposed to, the sky isn't supposed to stop. I know, no, but she's just (laughs) precious as can be. But I think what we talked about was um, the inner rescue dog. (laughs) Remember, it's like treat. Oh yeah. It's like treat, treat yourself like you would a rescue dog. Inner rescue dog. Right? Because you're so, we're so careful and, and gentle and um, soft and patient Mm -hmm. with these rescue dogs who are just full of fear. And it's just slowly and surely you just consistently, you know, are patient and soft and gentle and you move slow. You know, they don't like fast movements. So slow. And it's Mm -hmm. been really great for my husband because he's like a bull in a china shop. (laughs) And he's just a, he's just wonderful, but he just can't, I mean, he'll like describe himself that way, you know, and it's like, nope, Stella requires soft, gentle, slow. And it's, been, uh-huh. it's been so much fun watching That's him. It's really fun. I bet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Watch him learn how to be okay. It's soft. I love it. But, but yeah, that's like our precious insides, our precious who we are deserves to be treated that same way. You know? Yeah. And it, and it works. Like Stella is, Stella, Look at Stella, her. Stella is evident. Yeah. She's so <laughs> calm and like peaceful. Uh-huh. Like when I look at her now, I'm like, oh, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's the sign that everything's going to be just fine. Yeah. If she can survive the streets, the poor little thing, you know? Right. Well, should we do some breathing? Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Okay. I love the word. I say fantastic a lot, I noticed. I, I love I love it when you say fantastic. <laughs> okay, good. I say it, I say it a lot. Uh-huh. Fantastic. The fantastic word. <laughs> so, okay. Go ahead and get into a position that feels as comfortable as possible. And just taking a moment to sense your body sitting in a chair, being being supported by gravity as always. And see if we might be able to turn the attention inward to a place that feels a little bit vulnerable, a little bit, a little bit lonely, a little bit shamely, 
or fearful, just a little bit, nothing that's too overwhelming. If there's something overwhelming, then you might just choose to sit and breathe. But if there's something that's just a little bit vulnerable, see if you can picture that part of you like it is a little rescue dog. Maybe it's just kind of shivery or kind of cold or kind of shy, scared. And see if you might just kind of give that dog some space, but crouch down near nearby. And just kind of take a look through compassionate eyes or compassionate soul. You just sit here and can just sit here with your rescue dog, your internal rescue dog, side by side or across from one another. And just imagine that as you take these slow, deep breaths, that your rescue dog's breathing starts to slow down too and regulate with yours. Taking a slow, deep inhale. And a slow, releasing exhale. And doing that two more times, breathing fully and slowly and noticing how your rescue dog starts to join you. Acknowledging yourself for taking the time to be here, to be in the cocoon or out of the cocoon or in and out, doesn't really matter. Just acknowledging yourself for showing up. Yay, that was awesome. It's the rescue dog meditation. The rescue dog (laughs) meditation. (laughs) Or shameliness. (laughs) The rescue dog meditation on shameliness. Fantastic. Oh, there's fantastic again. Um, Mm -hmm. Really quick, I this popped into my head that we should tell, put our uh, emails to reach us if anybody ever has a comment or question. Oh, yeah. That we could talk about or would like us to talk about. Yes. It's Melissa at senselessthepodcast.com and Sherry. Well, separate email, separate separate or yeah, Sherry at senselessthepodcast.com. All one word. Perfect. Thank you for reminding me. And so anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, I guess are we done for today? We're done. I think, I think that's it. All right. Well, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. See you then. Okay. Bye. Bye.